the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, 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 once again, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas, on this uh, beautiful Saturday, August 17, 2019. Rather hot outside, but um, the politics have just gotten really, really hot, my friends. We're going to chat in a little bit. We've got three very, very good guests with us today. Uh, Mr. Ira Melman with FAIR, the um, uh, communications director, the media director for FAIR. Uh, we've also got Mr. Todd Benzman uh, with the Center of for uh, Immigration Studies. He's going to be chatting with us about his recent visit to the border and some of the things that he's discovered. Ira Melman is also going to be talking to us about uh, what he found when he went to the border. We keep hearing a lot of stuff about how awful things are uh, in the uh, concentration camps, as uh, they have been described by some of the Democrats. Well, Ira uh, is going to be chatting. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and talking to us about us. We also have a very, very special guest, um, from Georgia, all the way from, uh, from, uh, Georgia, uh, Mr. D.A. King. And, uh, D.A. is going to be talking to us about, uh, uh, his battle, uh, with, uh, the left in Georgia and, uh, the left's efforts to silence him on the issue of, uh, Ill- illegal immigration, tr- trying to prevent him from, from speaking truthfully and honestly about what's going on with illegal immigration in Georgia. So, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is something that's going on all over the place, my friends, all over the place. And it is, uh, you know, we have reached a- a- an absolute different stage, a-, a, a dangerous stage in the discussion, the debate, because it's no longer that. It's no longer a discussion or a debate on the issue of illegal immigration because violence is now, violence is now uh, breaking out all over the place. In Tacoma, Washington, we had a, uh, an ICE office that was attacked. We had, uh, a, we had a violent protest in Colorado, remember, where they tore down the American flag and put up a Mexican flag, you know, and, uh, and, and, and very, very, this week, this past week, right here in San Antonio, right here in our backyard, right here in San Antonio, somebody shot at, shot up the um, ICE office here in San Antonio. We have reached a violent, violent point in, uh, in, in, in this issue, my friends, in, in the United States. We have had uh, ICE agents, ICE employees that are being, uh, that, that are being threatened uh, there are folks that have told them that they know where they work, they know where they live, and they know where their children go to school. This is what is being said, and you know where it's being repeated? In the national media. The national media is is extremely, the fake news is extremely responsible for what is going on. You know, the left has absolutely gone crazy, my friends. First of all, first of all, the fake news, I point my finger at them, first of all, because they were the ones that stopped using the term illegal alien and started talk, calling them all migrants and immigrants. You know, because you oppose illegal immigration, you're a racist, you know, because they, they don't see a difference between legal and illegal immigration. That's the media, the news reporters. And when they're not reporting it honestly, my friends... Well, then, of course, you've got crazy people that are getting a distorted point of view. They are. They're getting a distorted point of view. The left, you know, the left as it is, they're nuts. They're, you know, they're emotionally, they're emotionally immature. And then you're going to uh, provide uh, fodder for them. You've got the situation with economic boycotts right here in San Antonio, right here in San Antonio. This past Tuesday, the uh, Bear County Democrats, the radical ones, 
wanted a vote, wanted a vote by the party, by the the, the county party, to uh, boycott businesses that had been outed by Congressman Joaquin Castro. Remember that last week? These uh, these businesses that were that were outed because they were uh, contributing to uh, to Trump, uh, Castro, and the radical left. Uh, they're not interested in, in dialogue or com- compromise. They're not interested in people's freedom, freedom to choose. They talk about choice. Well, not, certainly not when it comes to politics. They are tyrants. And, uh, and, and so they wanted a vote to boycott, to boycott uh, these, uh, these businesses strictly because they don't agree with them. I mean, you know, uh, I've got to ask the business owners in, in Bear County, you know, you guys better wake up. You guys better wake up because uh, you need to support economic freedom and political, or, or are you going to go with political correctness? I mean, you know, that that's what it comes down to. Then there's this recent situation, my friends, with the Bull Verde area uh, Republican women right, also right here, right here next door in Comal County, where they had invited my good friend uh, Jim Gibson from the Texas Board of Volunteers. They had invited him to come speak at their um at their uh, uh, monthly meeting. Well, the Democrats found out about it, and Democrats demanded that uh, the place where they were going to hold it, the public uh, venue where they were going to hold it, not host them, demanded it. And then they started threatening the bar, uh, uh, the, uh, Bay, uh, the the Bull Verde uh, Republican women. They started threatening their leaders. I mean, again, my friends, again, what happened to political freedom, freedom of assembly, Freedom of, of, of association, political freedom. Well, that doesn't exist with these people. You know, that doesn't exist. They wanted, uh, well, they, they, they were successful in scaring them initially. But then the uh, bar, uh, the, the, the Republican women, the Bull Verde area of Republican women, went ahead and they, had, they just reorganized and had their meeting someplace else. And, uh, you know, they, they didn't back down. Good for them. Good for them. But again, my friends, the, uh, that, that, that the left, the Democrats would threaten them. That is incredible. That is just outrageous. You know, then you've got uh, CNN coming out with a, 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 a news item coming out with a news item that is just, you know, in my opinion, so phony and fake. Uh, they claim that a Pew Research Center uh uh, survey that was just done, they just released it this past Monday, that 72% of the respondents, and I don't know who the respondents were, but 72% of the people that responded to that survey, that they that they uh, favor a pathway uh, to citizenship for illegal aliens. In other words, they, they favor a, an amnesty. I don't know who they're talking to, my friends, but let me tell you, we don't need another amnesty. We're, we're in, the, in, in the pickle that we're in because we had one amnesty and because we've had several amnesties. They may not call them amnesties, but we've had several amnesties. As long as you continue to excuse illegal immigration, guess what you're going to get? More illegal immigration. The, the attack here in San Antonio on the ICE office, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk a little bit about that. The attack on the ICE office this past Tuesday you know, some windows were shot out. Nobody was hurt. Windows were shut out. But it is a terrorist attack, my friends. It is domestic terrorism. And what is interesting to me is how silent, how silent the Democrats have been on this issue. You know, that crazy guy in, in, uh, in, in, in El Paso and then another crazy guy in Dayton, uh, they shoot people. Uh, and everybody, and, and there's a s- immediate scream and yell about uh, that that there has to be uh, gun control, and that it's racism, and it's this and that. There is uh, threats of violence against ICE uh, employees, as well as there are violent acts in Tacoma, Washington, at an ICE office, in Colorado, at an ICE office, now here in San Antonio, at an ICE office. There are threats. Of violence against ICE employees. Do you hear anything from the from the Democrats and from the left? No, not at all. On the contrary, on the contrary, we keep hearing from these folks that uh, ICE needs to be abolished. That there are cruel, cruel. Uh, uh, there is cruel behavior by the Border Patrol. And Nancy Pelosi was down in McAllen this week, this past week. 
she uh, met with uh, with with uh, border patrol agents who told her what needs to happen, and she I mean it, it was like water off of a duck. They they are hypocrites. They are anti-American, my friends. Anti-Americans. Fake news, leftist lies. That's what we're dealing with, my friends. The emotional and ignorance of these people is beyond belief. We've got Google employees uh, boycotting, threatening a, a strike at Google because Google has contracts with uh, with. Uh, Homeland Security and some of them with, uh, the, that include ICE and the Border Patrol, and they don't want it. We've got uh, folks in uh, in Baltimore that uh, recently had a huge rally, <clears throat> and again comparing comparing immigration and uh, the ICE folks and the Border Patrol to Nazis and, and the detention centers to to uh, to concentration camps. It is unforgivable. Their bias is un- the bias of the news. The news helps. The bias of, of the news is unforgettable, and the ignorance and emotionalism of the people protesting is unexcusable. That's what I'll tell you. It is. It's sad that the media fans this emotionalism with their emotional with, with their bias reporting. They never, never use the word illegal when they're talking about immigrants. Never when they're talking about aliens. I mean, the word, the phrase "illegal alien," they won't even touch it anymore. They don't. Then there's the poverty industry, which was having a meltdown the other day uh, because uh, President Trump has changed the policy that people that are coming into the United States have got to be self-sufficient. What a thought. What a thought. We don't need more poor people. I'm sorry. You know, if we're going to help poor people, let's help them in their country. Why do we have to bring them here and help them here? My friends, we've reached a a, a new uh, dangerous level in in, in this whole issue. So we've got. Uh, let's uh, let's be conscious of that. Um, we're going to go ahead and take our break, and then uh, we will be right back with our first guest, uh, Todd Benzman. And um, stay tuned because uh, our program is going to be very informative and very good, my friends. Ira Melman from Fair, Todd Benzman from uh, Center for Immigration Studies, and Mr. D. A. King from Georgia. Stick around. We'll be right back. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP nine thirty AM radio. The answer. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez El Conservador and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. My friends, once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And we've got uh, our very good friend, Mr. Todd Benzman, from um, the Center for Immigration Studies. And uh, I wanted to get him back on here because there's uh, some hot little items that are happening that uh, I want him to talk about. First of all, uh, Todd was one of the first folks that started talking about um, the fear of domestic terrorism against ICE. We're going to get him to talk a little bit about that at the end of our interview, but... um, He's just written another article uh, regarding the issue, uh, the, regarding this uh, release program, early release program that is uh, going on, um, uh, called the New New First uh, or the First Step Act Prison Law Reform. And uh, I wanted, um, I want Todd to talk to us a little bit about that. And what are the what, what are the worries? What are the cautions that he's uh, raising in this? Welcome to the show, Todd. Um, for having me. Oh, my, our pleasure. Are you kidding? I mean, you're always so full. There, there is so much to talk about. There's never enough time. So tell us, tell us, let's start with this. What is the First Step Act prison reform law, and uh, what are the cautions that we should have about it? The First Step Act is heralded as one of the only, maybe the only, bipartisan uh, uh, pieces of legislation to have passed since Trump was elected. 
and uh, then signed by Trump. And essentially what it is is it's a, uh, a reform, prison reform bill that has the outcome of releasing – it's supposed to it – was, it was sold as releasing early – Nonviolent, low-level drug offenders who were put away for you know multiple decades at a time back in the late '80s, early '90s when we had the crack cocaine uh, crime plagues, uh, you know, uh, you know, hurting uh, urban areas across the country. Yeah. So we put a lot of people in prison for really long periods of time, and so that's what this this legislation was supposed to let cut, cut them a break and let a lot of them out and get them out of the prison system. Uh, but what's happening instead, according to Fox News, uh, which has, a, I, I suppose that they, they got a leak, they caught a leak of documents about who's actually getting out and who's actually getting out under the brand new law, which was just implemented in January. It's still being implemented. It, it was passed in January, uh, December and then, and then in January it implemented is that you have a lot of extremely violent predator criminals who are being released under it instead, or at least in addition to the nonviolent drug offenders, you know, the uh, people like, uh, you know, who, who committed rape, murder, armed robbery, all of the people, the kinds of people that we were told would never be released under this bill. Um, and the reason I wrote about it uh, was just sort of to follow up on Fox News because I was – uh, perusing through some court records of a terrorism case, also in Texas, looking for an update to see what was happening with this terrorism case. And I found that the uh, convicted uh, terrorist, a woman by the name of Sumaya Ali, had applied for early release under the provisions of the First Step Act. And that struck me as really interesting because uh, here we have, you know, a terror, clearly convicted terrorists are now aware that they may be able to get out early or get home confinement uh, or, you know, get, get placed in a halfway house instead of finishing up in, in federal penitentiary. Uh, this particular convicted terrorist made the mistake of asking the judge rather than Bureau of Prisons. So the last I know is that was denied, but she would have gone to the Bureau of Prisons next. And um, I'm wondering if she's going to get out. We don't know whether she's going to get out. But more importantly is, you know, while the, you know, the fox is guarding the hen house over here, uh, are we going to start seeing a lot of other uh, terrorist convicts actually get out? That That's really scary. So so the decision-making uh, for the, uh, who gets out, who gets released, it, it's going to be done by the bureaucrats at the Bureau of Prison? That's right. The, the law, the way the law stands. That is scary. That is scary. That it, it, it ceded the authority, the unaccountable authority of deciding who can get benefits under this law to bureau prison bureaucrats. Uh, there's no provision whatsoever for oversight. Uh, it's just like nameless bureaucrats get to pick and choose. And guess who they're picking? Rapists and murderers. That's incredible. That's incredible. You know, these, these are the same people that recently were in charge of keeping... Uh Keeping uh, what's his name, uh, the rapist alive, uh, the guy convicted for the guy that uh, is tied to the Clintons. Oh my gosh! Yeah, oh. well, this is this is the kind of a um, it's a new bill, and uh, you know there you would expect that there would be kinks that might need to be worked out. But the thing was sold as, and I mean, there were promises made, absolute, just explicit promises made on the right and the left, the conservative side and the Democratic side, everybody supported this thing uh, to, to 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 put up any sort of an objection while they were debating and, and writing this thing was uh, you know you know violently put down almost. Wow. Uh, you just couldn't say a word against this thing. Wow, so so sad. You know the the best intentions the best intentions go awry. Uh, let let's let's switch real quick uh, over to um, to this issue of domestic terrorism. The attack here on San Antonio on the ICE office, as well as the one that uh, occurred over in Colorado and then another one up in Seattle. Um, let's talk about that. You've written about it. What can you tell us? What did what have you what can what have you written? What have you said about that? Well, the, the threat I, I started writing about the what I perceive to be 
a growing, mounting, dangerous threat of domestic terrorism that would target ICE. The first piece I wrote was a year ago, and there had been no attack, but there had been a lot of online incitement language, people going online and talking about murdering ICE, putting cartoons out there about how to murder ICE agents. Um, and then finally, there were a couple of arrests, one of which was in San Antonio, a DACA student who was among the protesters outside the ICE facility was found to have been uh, writing online instructions about how to build bombs that could kill ICE agents. And the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force arrested him, and he ended up being, he was a DACA student, so they pulled his immigration and they um, gave him the choice between being deported to Mexico or having everything that he wrote online be made public. And he chose deportation to Mexico rather than to uh, try to fight this thing. Um, that was one. And then the other one involved um, an online uh, reward for the death, for the murder of an ICE agent, $500, a guy named Zio Brownski uh, in Boston in the Cambridge area. He, he was offering money t for somebody to kill a, an ICE agent? Yeah. Oh, wow. $500 reward to kill an ICE agent uh, in retaliation for ICE doing their jobs at, um, you know, rounding up illegal immigrants. And he was arrested and charged. Nobody took him up on his offer. Nobody took up Salazar, Sergio uh, Salazar in San Antonio up on his offer to build bombs that we know of. But those two cases, along with just the general um, knowledge that, that, that I was able to kind of put together about the degree to which online incitement against ICE was happening prompted me to write these two columns, one in August and one in January, warning that we were going to be having kinetic physical attacks before too long. And so when I saw the attack in Tacoma and uh, then the one in San Antonio, I realized that it was happening now. And that the threat is at a pitch high level. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we argue that, you know, the threat is extremely high against ICE agents. The general public has a role here, and that is to, especially in Texas and San Antonio where they're active, and that is to absolutely report any and all suspicious activity about ICE, uh, any, any kind of threats or uh, toward ICE. And when you see ICE in and about running around doing their job or in a restaurant or at the 7-Eleven, watch their back for them because it's, things are at such a high-pitch level that, you know, I'm afraid that somebody is going to, um, to kill our federal agents. Yeah, well, we, we have that uh, example a couple of weeks ago where they went in to arrest a, uh, a criminal illegal immigrant in uh, in. Uh, Tennessee and the, uh, or was it Kentucky? It was one of those, Tennessee or Kentucky. And uh, the neighborhood turned out to defend the guy and uh, and prevented ICE from doing its job. So, I mean, it, it's happening. It's happening, and it's sad, and it's it, it's really dangerous. It's really, really dangerous. And it's also, it's also domestic terrorism, anti-government domestic terrorism, that, that you would kill uh, representatives of the federal government in order to... Uh, prompt social or political change. That is the definition of de domestic terrorism, and uh, I think that's exactly what we have going on here. And it's, it, it, you know, if the attack in El Paso can be attributed to the language uh, used by President Trump, then certainly these kind of attacks can be attributed to the language used by Ocasio-Cortez and the other uh, hard-left members of Congress who are talking about ICE agents as though they were Gestapo uh, bringing people into concentration camps. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. But, of course, uh, you know, one of the problems that we've got, in my opinion, the biggest problem, is that the media doesn't report it that way. No, they don't. Uh, you know, look, the, the, um, you know, the, the, the attack in um, Ohio was conducted by an Antifa sympathizer, uh, and a Bernie bro, and uh, the language that were, the, and, and Elizabeth Warren uh, fan as well, and the kind of language that they are using uh, 
you know, could be said to create the environment for somebody like that to act. That's right. But we never hear about, uh, you know, Elizabeth Warren is not blamed for that attack. That's right. Maybe she should be. Yep. Tell us real quick as we close here, um, how can people read more about you and and uh, follow the Center for Immigration Studies and Todd Benzman? How, how can they follow you? Where can they find you? Yeah, so you can go to my website, www.toddbenzman.com. Um, most of my work is there. And you can also find a lot of my immigration-related border security work at cis.org, centerforimmigrationstudies.org. And just look up my name, and all my stuff is there. Wonderful. Uh, I'll be posting these two older columns, warning about ICE here shortly on my website, so that people can can see them. Wonderful, Todd. Thank you very, very much for taking time. We uh, let me remind the audience that he was that Todd has been down in Mexico and has been uh, uh, has been recovering from the trip, and I uh, and was gracious enough to come on on our show. And, He's still catching up on his sleep. Thanks for coming with coming on the show, Todd. Yep, and look for my pieces from Mexico here to, either today, one of them today and uh, early next week. Great. According to Mexico. You got it, buddy. Thank you very much. All right, thanks. Hi, folks. Welcome back. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, from KLUP 930 AM Radio, my friends. Welcome back. We've got uh, a uh, special guest who's been on with with us before. He's a good friend uh, with the uh, Federation for American American Immigration Reform, FAIR as we know it. And it's uh, Mr. Ira Melman, who is the um, media director for FAIR. And uh, we wanted to get him on the show because he has been uh, down uh, touring the uh, the border down in the McAllen sector, and we wanted to find out from him uh, what uh, what he's been seeing, what he has seen, what he has experienced, et cetera, et cetera. So, welcome to the show, uh, Ira. Thank you for for taking time to be with us. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Um, so, tell us, Ira, what um, what did you see? What have you seen? I mean, we've heard about. Uh, the uh, the facilities down there. What what did you see regarding the facilities and and the fence and types of people that are being apprehended, et cetera, et cetera? What have you seen? What have you witnessed down there? Well, you know, first of all, it's not the Ritz, uh, you know, but it is not anything like what it is being described. Uh, you know, what you have is the news media and politicians distorting what is going on down here for their own political ends. Uh, you, you're dealing with a population of about 100,000 people coming across the border, about 40% in the McAllen sector. Uh, so they are simply overwhelmed. Uh, but, you know, the, the comparisons to Nazi Germany and, and all those other horrific things are just completely, completely bogus. Uh, there's no re- resemblance whatever. Uh, first of all, the Border Patrol, you know, which is being portrayed badly, is, you know, th- these are men and women who are out there doing a very difficult job every day because Congress refuses uh, with great humanity. You can see in their dealings with the people that are in their custody that they care about these folks. You know, they care about the fact that they have come a long distance under very, very adverse conditions. Uh, they care about the children who are coming. Uh, the, the people that they are angry with are the people who make our laws in Washington, D.C. Uh, they are allowing this condition to fester, where you have people coming, massively abusing our political asylum system, and even worse, abusing children. Uh, children have now become get-out-of-jail-free cards, human shields. And it, you know, one of the, the uh, sections of the uh, facility that we saw yesterday uh, was the section where they had people who had come across the border illegally on their own, been deported and sent back, now showing up with children because they know that under the current ruling by a federal judge uh, that having a child is going to have them released into the country. And sometimes these kids, you know, they've come over long distances, poor conditions. Many of them come with terrible illnesses. What we are doing is aiding and abetting in child abuse here, and that's what really is offensive. Not what the Border Patrol is doing, what Congress is not doing. That is offensive. They are encouraging human smuggling. They are encouraging the, the abuse of children uh, coming to the United States. They are the ones that need to be looking in the mirror. 
So would you would you say that uh, I mean is it safe to say that that we are indirectly that uh, that uh, folks are indirectly uh, encouraging the uh, illegal immigration and and abuse of these kids? I, I, I wouldn't even say indirectly anymore. They understand what the situation is. We were at these facilities one day after Nancy Pelosi and her delegation. They were told the same thing by the folks that work there on a daily basis, uh, and they don't seem to be inclined to ch- make any changes uh, because it suits them politically right now. So I don't even think indirectly applies anymore. They know what is going on. They know what the situation is. They are choosing to re- allow this to remain in place. That is the real tragedy here. That's the real atrocity. They need to get their act together and fix what needs to be fixed. Now, let me ask you this, because uh, having grown up uh, in South Texas, we uh, we were accustomed to uh, to illegal immigration, but mostly Mexicans that would come across work, and uh, most of them would used to go back. Um, what kind of uh, what what kind of folks are are arriving now? What kind of folks are being apprehended? Well, the largest number is from Central America, but obviously they're still from Mexico. But you know, they they showed us a chart of you know the, the people where they're coming from. It, it is from dozens and dozens of countries all around the world. Word has spread that, that if you come to the United States border, if you ask for political asylum, that we are going to have to release you pending a hearing. Uh, you know, in some cases, they give these people ankle bracelets. They will tell you, you go down to the local bus station here. You'll find that they're cut off before they ever board the buses to their destination. Uh, you know, that that is the situation that they're dealing with. Uh, and, you know, it, in the past, you know, we used to catch a lot of people coming across the border illegally, but we used to turn them back. Now, uh, something on the order of about two-thirds actually enter the United States. Uh and that's the real difference, is that in the past you just went home. Now you stay here pending a hearing that you are probably never going to show up for. The more we do this, the more people that are, are going to abuse the system uh, to make bogus claims of political asylum, or even worse, uh, to use children as human shields uh, to get them into the country. Wow. We had uh, Dr. Uh, Vickers from uh, the Texas Border Volunteers uh, last week uh, as a guest, and he gave us some some uh, horror stories as to what the ranchers and the local communities are, are enduring. What was your view? What did you see? Well, we didn't talk to the uh, ranchers this time, but certainly we have spoken to them in the past, and they deal with this on a daily basis as well. Uh, you know, they have property right along the border. Uh, people are being brought through, uh, and, and it's not just illegal aliens coming through. It is smugglers uh, that are bringing them through. And, you know, these smugglers are not nice people. They're part of organized criminal cartels. They don't care particularly about the people that they're smuggling as long as they get paid. They certainly don't care about the people who are getting in the way. Uh, you know, in addition to smuggling people, they are probably smuggling drugs and other contraband. Uh, and, you know, they will stop at nothing to do what they want to do here. And we saw example last week where Border Patrol agents were being shot at uh, as they were patrolling along the Rio Grande River. So we're dealing with criminals here. We are encouraging and abetting these criminal organizations. You know, they can now go to potential customers and say, you know, we will get you to the border of the United States, uh, bring a kid or ask for political asylum or do both, and you will get into the United States. You don't want to have to sneak into the country. Uh, all you have to do is do one or both of those things, and you're in. And we're, we are actually abetting them. Uh, about 30% of the women who are coming through Mexico on their way from Central America are raped along the way. That in itself is a tragedy that needs to be stopped. Incredible, incredible. Now, the uh, the situation with uh, with the Border Patrol being stretched thin, uh, from what we've heard, uh, they are so busy in some cases uh, taking care of kids and uh, and taking care of the people that, that they are apprehending or the people that walk up and uh, introduce themselves to the Border Patrol, that they can't, they don't have the manpower to patrol the weeds and the uh, outer areas where the uh, bad people are sneaking in. True? Gosh. In, in dire situations, 
uh, you know, you have people coming with communicable diseases that you're being exposed to. How is it affecting you? How is it affecting your family? Not one question was asked about that. Amazing, amazing. That really, you know, that, that says a lot about their uh, their empathy and how much they really care about this situation down there. It really says a lot. So uh, what what do you think needs to be done? I mean, what what is your takeaway from all of this mess? Yeah, I, I mean, I'll tell you what, what the Border Patrol agent said. There are two main things that need to be done. Number one, we need to tighten the rules uh, on political asylum. Uh, you can't, you know, you shouldn't just be able to show up and say, I have a credible fear of uh, returning home and make up some story. There, there has to be more to it because right now there are about a million cases backlogged. People understand that, that they're going to be released pending a hearing that might not take place for months, maybe even years, uh, which is a ticket into the country. Uh, and the second thing we have to do is Congress needs to reverse this judicial decision that says families with children have to be released within 20 days. Uh, you know, one of the things that they've discovered is that uh, about 40% of the so-called families are in fact not families, that the kids don't belong to the adults. Uh, they're doing DNA screening. In some cases, they, they'll tell you, uh, you know, don't even bother, these aren't my kids. Uh, they, they told us one per, last year, 1% of males, adult males that showed up at the border uh, showed up with children in tow. Now it is 49%. In one year, it's gone from 1% to 49% wow. of adult males showing up the border with with kids because they know uh, that kids will get them into the country. They don't care about these kids. Uh, the kids are just there to help them get through the, the you know the uh, process and get into the United States. Amazing. That is really really shocking. Ira, thank you. Uh, tell the folks how they can how they can uh, follow up on more information about fair and uh, what you guys do, because you guys do a, a great, a great service uh, for informing the public about illegal immigration. Well, they can go to our website, which is fairus.org. That's F-A-I-R-U-S.org, dot O-R-G, fairus.org. Wow. Um, anything else that you'd like to uh, to add before we, uh, we conclude, buddy? Well, it, it, you know, the, the tragedy here is, you know, that people are being exploited for politics here in the United States. And that, that is something that should offend all of us. Uh, it is perfectly reasonable to take any political position. But when you are endangering people's lives, endangering children, then it has gone too far. And it, it, Congress needs to get its act together, put politics aside, and do what is right for the country and for the people who are being exploited. So the, this whole situation that, that somehow... Uh, taking an, a, a position against illegal immigration uh, and wanting to tighten the, the, the security of, of the border, uh, it, it, it is not racism. I mean, I can't imagine why, you know, how somebody can justify that. Uh, your thoughts on that? It, it, it isn't racism. Uh, it, you know, first of all, most of the Border Patrol agents are Hispanic Americans. Uh, you know, they're dealing with people, you know, who come from the same countries their ancestors came from. Uh, and you can see it when they're dealing with these uh, people, with the children especially, that they truly do care about them. And it's not just the Border Patrol agents. You've got members of the Army uh, who are in these facilities helping out. We saw Coast Guard uh, officers helping out there. Everybody is being called up to, to try to deal with the situation, and these people care. They, they really care, and it, it offends them deeply uh, that they're compared to the Gestapo, to other just horrible Incredible. individuals, groups of people, when they are trying to deal with this dirty job that Congress won't deal with. That's amazing. Ira, once again, thank you very, very much for taking time to be on our show. We got to get you back on again uh, real soon, and you can give us updates of what uh, what you guys are up to. Anytime, thanks. Thank you. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez El Conservador and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you're interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. 
All right, folks, welcome once again. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas, uh, on KLUP 930 AM radio. And we have a uh, special guest uh, from a long distance away, and, well, somewhat long distance away, from uh, Gwinnett County, Georgia. And uh, we um, wanted to talk to uh, Mr. D.A. King uh, with the Dustin Inman Society, uh, about what is going on with illegal immigration in his backyard. Uh, he uh, was recently involved in a uh, incident that he's going to tell us about. And uh, we wanted to get his perspective because uh, things are happening all over the place, my friends. So, D.A., welcome to the show. Tell us about uh, about the Dustin Inman Society. Thank you very much for having me on, George. It's a great pleasure. This is a small correction. I do live in Georgia, but... I live in Cobb County. Uh, uh-huh. We're going gotcha. to talk about Gwinnett County. Gotcha. But I actually live in Cobb. I'm, I'm president of head of the Dustin Inman Society. I'm also the founder and the sweeper and the poster and the writer. And, um, uh, we've been doing this for almost 16 years now. And our goal, George, is to educate people, including our media folks, on the consequences of on unsecured borders and the crime of illegal immigration and the crime of illegal employment. Um, the Dustin Inman Society was named after a young man from here in Georgia who is forever 16 because we do not enforce our immigration laws. Dustin was killed in the back of the Inman family car, stopped at a light when an illegal alien plowed into the back of the car, killed Dustin instantly. And it put his mom and his dad in comas. His mom for six weeks. Both of his parents missed their only child's funeral. And it was an American family um, forever separated because of illegal immigration. The illegal alien who happened to be from Mexico escaped custody out the back door of a hospital when he feigned an illness and is now residing free and safe in Mexico and cannot be extradited. Wow. Incredible. So uh, tell us about this recent incident uh, that uh, where you were going to participate on a uh, on a panel. Um, the sheriff in Gwinnett County uh, had a has had the two eight seven G program for ten years, and I know a lot of people aren't super familiar with all of these federal terms. So very quickly, two eight seven G is a section of federal law passed in nineteen ninety six that allows local law enforcement to partner or be deputized, if you will, by the federal immigration enforcement authorities, by ICE, to, to help locate illegal aliens when they come into the jail system. Here in Georgia, we have five counties, four counties, and our Department of Corrections is 287G authorized. Now, what happens is, you know, somebody in the country illegally is, is captured for an additional crime and goes into a jail, the system through 287G, will locate that person and pull him to ICE and hold him for possible deportation. Needless to say, the corporate-funded illegal alien lobby all across the country is not real fond of the 287G program, and there's a large national push on to stop it altogether, including here in Georgia. So I was on a panel simply designed to educate the public on 287G. Now, I've been active in this for a long time. I'm, I'm well-known in Georgia as being the pro-enforcement immigration guy, quote-unquote. And the, uh, the illegal alien lobby, the people who profit from illegal immigration, didn't like it that somebody as knowledgeable as I was was on the panel. I was on the panel with the sheriff's public information officer and a senior ICE agent. So I caught a lot of grief for simply going over to Gwinnett County and in sharing my knowledge on 287G, the crazies, as I call them, the people who do not love America, the people who do not want us to have secure borders, the people who do not want to stop illegal immigration, um, raised quite a ruckus in the event, um, including jeering at me and, and, and screaming. So it became a it became a political issue that there even was an event and that I was there, and it kind of deteriorated from there. So, so you were involved. In, you were on the panel, and uh, they interrupted you and and uh, and protested and screamed and yelled and carried on during during your presentation. That's it. And held, held up signs and interrupted. It's, it's the usual stuff. Anybody that's been to to a street rally from the illegal alien lobby has seen the street screamers 
and, and, the, and the nasty, nasty, horrible things that they say and the names that they are called. Gotcha. If I may, George, because I know I'm speaking to an audience largely in Texas, and I know I know you're in San Antonio, one of my favorite places, by the way. I happened to be in, in San Antonio in 2006 for NPR and Public Radio Texas uh-huh. uh, debate where there was a group of us. I, I debated Henry Cisneros on on the amnesty attempt from that year. I had a really good time, great town. Here in Georgia, most people don't know that we have, uh, we are home to more illegal aliens than we are green card holders. We rank number seven in the nation of states in our illegal alien population, and that is ahead of Arizona. And in Gwinnett County, what what we were talking about, it is the capital of illegal immigration in the South, and especially in Georgia, um, Gwinnett County is the second largest county in the state. The state is the largest state east of the Mississippi. And Gwinnett County has an estimated 72,000 illegal aliens. That's according to the Migration Policy Institute. That constitutes right at 8% of their population. That's incredible. That is really, that, that's really incredible. Most people don't know that. And, and, and they, 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 I'm not sure how Georgia is perceived throughout the country. And people think we have, you know, peaches and southern draws. I grew up in Michigan and I've lived in Georgia for, for 40 years. But again, we have a very, very serious illegal immigration problem. We have a governor who was newly elected in November who ran on, uh, I've got a big truck in case I need to go uh, deport some illegal immigrants. Well, I bet that went over great. <laughs> it, it, it got him the votes, but when he got into the office, we have not heard a peep. The governor here is Brian Kemp. Yeah. was elected as a Republican on largely on an illegal immigration platform, and he has not even mentioned it, much less done anything about the immigration crisis here that has caused illegal immigration. Now, one of the things that I wanted to also ask you about is how the media, how your local media treated this uh, this story, because I think that that's, that's also very interesting. <laughs> it's interesting, and quite honestly, it can get to be funny. Uh, my adopted sister happens to be an immigrant who came to us from Korea. And many members of the board of the Dustin Inman Society are, are immigrants. And, and, and they happen to be black Americans. And some of them happen to be Hispanic Americans. We are a, a very diverse group of people who wants the law enforced. And we're not afraid to say it out loud. So what a thought. <laughs> I, am I am constantly portrayed as being either anti-immigrant or anti-immigration. So if somebody stands up in the room and says we should enforce our immigration laws to honor the rich tradition of immigration or to honor the immigrants who obeyed the law and enjoyed the American family lawfully, um, this is not popular with the leftist liberal media. So here I am constantly described as being anti-immigrant. Right. So the local <laughs> – I can do it quick. With the local paper, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution was at this uh, Gwinnett panel discussion, and I was described as – is being anti-immigrant. Well, the next morning, it was a late-night post online. I called the reporter, and, and, and I, I, I love I love the way that they throw around just the phrase "immigrant" without adding "illegal" to it. You know, yeah, yeah, they, they do it constantly, and it's for a reason. But anyway, I, I explained that I was not anti-immigrant. I explained to him this is probably the hundredth time I told the newspaper this, and I want a correction. Well, they changed it to anti-undocumented worker. Well, the next day, when the hard copy came out, the paper version. Um, the editors changed it back to D.A. King, um, uh, well, a controversial anti-immigration activist. <laughs> so you, so, so you, you're anti-any immigration, is that it? <laughs> yeah, well, sure, that's the, that's the idea, is to pay people as being against immigration in general if they want the law enforced. That way people who don't know the issue and don't know the person won't think he's some kind of a monster. But the, the thing on the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is that they they ran something um, incorrect, inaccurate. They corrected it. Then they undid their own correction all within 48 hours. Yeah, well, you know, you didn't fit, it didn't fit their narrative, I guess. So the, the local paper in Gwinnett County ran two articles um, on, the, on the event and on me uh, mentioning that the, the, the hate mongers at the Southern Poverty Law Center didn't think much about operation. Um, and they did never, they never contacted me for either of their articles. So as a, as a makeup and on the morals of the journalists in, in italics these days is, is horrible. But as a makeup, they ran a piece on Sunday where, in which they told my story. So they had two articles to make me look horrible. And only one, and only one for you. <laughs> one article. 
quotes from our, our board, like they should have to begin with, and they took quotes from me, and, and they reflected on the Southern Poverty Law Center through quotes from other people, and then they ran it on Sunday. Well, the illegal alien lobby is now going crazy. That There was a, a, an article in any newspaper, but especially in Gwinnett County, Georgia, that painted D.A. King in a pro-enforcement neutral or, or even heroic light, it's, and yeah. it's very hard not to laugh at Good all. I, I hope people will pay more attention to what goes on in Georgia, as opposed to to just their own little, little part of the world or, or nationally. Right. I'm a firm believer that all politics is local, and I want people, because people in Georgia are going to listen to this, I want people to know that we run on donations. I started this and continued with my own money. I am out of money, and I cannot fight the crazy. It's the Southern Poverty Law Center and the people in the media and the dishonest illegal alien lobby who is willing to smear any of us for simply standing up and saying that we should enforce our immigration laws and secure our borders. Wow. So how do they contact you, uh, uh, DA? What, uh, where, what's your website, or how, how can they uh, contact you? Our website, it's old. It's, it's rickety. Um, we're in the process of trying to get enough money to redo it, but the website is thedustininmansociety.org. Anybody can Google D.A. King Immigration Georgia, and you'll get an eyeful. But you can also go to the Dustin Inman Society, and we have a contact page, and we have a donate page. And it's, it, it is humiliating to even mention money. But I've been doing this for 16 years. Um, I refinanced my house three times. I've sold the stock. My grandparents left us. And I'm never, ever going to get out of the credit card debt that I've created trying to do this in Georgia. I'm the only one in the state doing it. I'm not trying to be arrogant, but um, I am. And I'm humiliated to say I need help. If anybody can help me, please feel free. Wonderful. Thank you very much for taking time, DA, for uh, being on our show. And, folks, this is a person that is on the front lines, even though he's not on the border. He is on the front lines. And uh, we thank him for it. A, a true American who wants... Uh, law and order, and uh, and uh, we support him. Thank you, DA, for coming on, and we'll get you back no, no, on again soon. I can't thank you enough. I want to leave people with one thought, and that is, because of the way our borders are, we all live in border states now, and you have a great show, and I'm very grateful for your time. Thank you, sir. Thank you, buddy. For recurring automated marketing text messages, message and data rates may apply. Free meals provided with order. Texting privacy rules and TNCs at www.textrule. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.